0: Episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm glad you're here with me. So it is, man. It's Wednesday, October 20th. I'm recording this. It's I've been up for quite some time, and um, I think I'm getting a little nervous. I've got this race coming up at the end of this week, so Saturday. It's currently Wednesday, and yeah, I'm I'm think I'm feeling a little bit of the nerves. I woke up at 2:30 this morning. Couldn't go back to sleep. Allison woke up as well. She couldn't go down back to sleep, so uh, we've been up for for some time. But it's been good because uh, I've been able to spend some extra time in the Word and prepare this podcast for you. And this is this is going to be good. But but before we we move into to this um, podcast based on Hebrews ten, I, I do want to say if if you don't hear from me again, then I died on uh, in that race. All right. Just, just want to throw that out there uh, in case you were wondering if I just disappear, I did not make it back and it's okay because my race is finished and I am uh, <laughs> my ultimate race is finished. and I've gone to be with a father. All right. Kind of kidding about that. Kind of not. Uh, my buddies and I we were talking just the other day. I've got these two friends that I'm doing this with. We have been training, but probably not as rigorously as we need to be training for this race, which is 30 miles. And so uh, we were laughing about it in the gym the other day because uh, one of my buddies said, you know what? I feel like I'm in great shape for half of this race. (laughs) And that is, that is the truth. That's how I feel. But why is it important? Why do you think it's important for, Like I'll tell you why I think it's important that men have these types of challenges. So setting annual targets. So this is a part of an annual target for me is to run the Spartan ultra, uh, because it's a challenge to me, right? So it's very, very challenging. I'm going to have to plan, make wise decisions. I'm going to have to grind. I'm going to have to, um, do things that I normally wouldn't do. And what it does is it, it, provides a sense of self-discipline, and it provides a sense of accomplishment. And when you start keeping promises to yourself over and over and over, and it's not just about immediate gratification, well, something kind of builds up inside yourself. You start to believe that, hey, you know what, I can do difficult and hard things. And I 100% believe this carries over into a life Uh, of freedom from pornography because so many of us have just given up and we don't think we can do the hard things we think well this is this is just going to be the way I am this is just um, my struggle forever I've been struggling with porn for decades and therefore uh, I'm never going to be free and that's just the story that's just the lie that you're telling yourself so what we want to do is we want to I'm going to I'm going to change gears now I want to bring us back into Hebrews for this episode, and I want to show us something that is incredibly beneficial, like glorious to look at and to think about and to consider and can make a massive difference in our lives as we, as men, as followers of Christ, are seeking to walk with integrity, like sexual integrity in our lives this is what we want this is what we desire like if you're a believer and you're listening to this then I do believe this is what you desire like normal people are not going to listen to this podcast normal people are not going to do this and so I'm thankful that you're here I'm thankful that you're listening all right here we go so I'm in Hebrews 10 I'm going to read first seven verses For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. So he's just pointing out the the truth that the old law couldn't make us perfect. It was only pointing us to our need for Christ. Verse two, otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered like all the sacrifices Since the worshipers having once been cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sin, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So those two verses are very, very powerful. Like we need to understand in the old law, the old way of doing things, really the sacrifices, they did a couple of things, right? they covered up the people's sins. They never removed them. They covered them up so they wouldn't be destroyed in God's presence. And they were a reminder that they're still sinners and they're without a permanent cure, right? So let's keep going. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the book of, in the scroll of the book. Okay, that's it. Now, this is, this is the Hebrew writer quoting Psalm 40, which is a Psalm of David, which David was a type of Christ, was a shadow of the true christ and so when david is saying when david's writing the psalm it's really about christ so the old law so let's look at this let's let's you know uh, what i want us to do is walk through this this thought process so the old law is good in that it gives us a glimpse of the holy nature of our God. Like the good like Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. So it gives us a glimpse into the holy nature of God and it lets us know what's at stake. Like eternal destination is at stake because the only people who will ever stand in the presence of God are those who are perfect, those who are holy. And so the law lets us know hey brother that's not you and that's not me okay so it shows us what's at stake but it also proves that we're incapable of keeping the law like most people don't like the harsh reality of what the old law reveals um and and so I was just talking with a buddy the other day. He he has some friends that he's sharing the gospel with. He's got a Bible study, and I think it's awesome. Like, man, he's got friends that don't know Christ and they're willing to study the Bible with him. And so they've got this voxer thread, which is kind of like a walkie-talkie app. They go back and forth on it. And he shared Uh, a couple of the boxes with me because he was asking me my opinion he was like you know how would you respond to this and and essentially what the guys were saying was listen i cannot believe in a god who you know because some person didn't hear in sudan about the gospel that they're going to hell and he said you know i know plenty of good people in in the world like i know plenty of people who do not believe in god who are great and good people And I know plenty of Christians who are big hypocrites, right? This is typically the argument, but the law, like the law that was brought into the world is going to leave everyone with zero excuse. And so the, the comment back to this uh, this friend is that there are no good people in the world. Like you may know some people who act morally, in some circumstances, but ultimately, they're not. They've broken the law. So God's definition of good is the Ten Commandments. And so when we look at the Ten Commandments, and it says, you know, to be perfect, to be good in my sight, you cannot lie. Well, we have to ask ourselves the question, have we ever lied? Well, sure we have. You can't, like, do not steal. Like, has anybody, like, those of you listening, think to a time when you've stolen something 100 percent. i know i have and if you say you haven't then that means you haven't stolen any time from an employer i mean i mean listen we could the, the truth is we're thieves we're liars we're thieves we are on this podcast because we're all adulter adulterers at heart and we're all murderers so this is what the law shows us okay like we deserve God's just wrath. So the old law, though, was not without a temporary remedy, and that was animal sacrifice. And this animal sacrifice only pointed us to a need, right? So we already talked about it covered the people's sins, and it reminded them that they were still sinners. That's what verse 3 and 4 are all about. He says, but in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. And it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. All right, so the sacrifices didn't point to themselves, but they actually pointed away from themselves to a solution. Like their main teaching was, was not what they could do, but what they could not do. So this, um, this professor, theologian, William Barclay, I'm pretty sure he's written several commentaries. I may have some in my house. Uh, he had a great analogy. So let, let me read you this, this analogy. He says, a man is ill. A bottle of medicine is prescribed for him. If that medicine effects a cure, every time he looks at the bottle thereafter, he will say, wow, that is what gave me back my health. On the other hand, if the medicine is ineffective and it doesn't work, every time he looks at the bottle, he will be reminded that he is ill and that the recommended cure was useless. So that's what what the law does. It never cures us. It only reminds us that we're ill. The animal sacrifice only reminds us that we're ill, right? It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Instead, there's a reminder of sins every year. So the Hebrew writer gives us a better hope. So he says this, in this is a beautiful, beautiful phrase. Verse five, he says, when Christ came into the world. And what a beautiful phrase. And so what he does is he goes on to quote King David, from Psalm 40, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the book of scroll. So think about this, guys. This is, this is, this is how we uh, struggle, one of the ways that we struggle. Our human tendencies Are to lean on the principles of the old law when we're reminded of our sin. When we struggle with pornography, our tendency is to lean on the old law and essentially animal sacrifices. Like we want to find the closest animal sacrifice and offer it to God. Like, here is my good work, God. Like, will you accept me? Here's my church attendance, God. Will you accept me? Think about it. Think about all of the things that you want to offer up to God to try to perform, to earn your way, to like ease your conscience, but it can never ease your conscience. So let's look at how that goes for David. Psalm 51, when Nathan the prophet has, has outed him, has outed him, when he committed adultery. And so what was David doing? David was pretending that, Oh, I didn't kill her husband. I didn't commit adultery. Likely he was going about his, his rituals, right? He was still acting with, um, according to the law. Right, So this is what he says. He says his conclusion, verse 16 and 17 of Psalm 51 is, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. My God, I would go and kill a thousand goats, rams, lambs, whatever. I'll go and kill them all. But you will not delight in that. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart of God you will not despise. So God will not delight in our performance apart from a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. But let me ask you the question, but God prescribed these very sacrifices like how can he not delight in them it was God who commanded them how is he not delighted in them and the answer is that God is after the heart of men and not their animals he wants your heart He wants your heart. The animals, right, the animals were a reminder of our need and just a shadow of the true lamb that would come into the world to save the people from their sins. So this is what Jesus said when he was talking with the woman at the well. He said, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Like spirit and truth come from a heart surrendered to do exactly what it says of Jesus. What did it say of Jesus in this passage? He says, Behold, I have come to do your will. That's what true worship is? That is worship that is honoring and acceptable to God. So think about this. Think about think about let's let's look back at another um, scenario where Samuel had to confront King Saul in First Samuel fifteen. So Saul had defeated this army, and God had told him destroy everything, don't keep anything, don't keep any livestock. But what did Saul do? He kept some of the livestock from his enemies, disobeying the Lord because his heart was not surrendered to him. So when Samuel challenged him on this, like, and, and said, hey, this is, you've done this, this is wrong, Saul offered to sacrifice a few of these animals to God, like, as if he's going to pay him off, according to the law. Like, I'm going to follow the letter of the law. Let me offer these sacrifices. So what was Samuel's response? He said this, he said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. God wasn't looking for sacrifices he was looking for a heart committed to him. And guys, he's not looking for our heartless acts of worship. He's after our hearts. So what happened to Saul? He was replaced by a young man who we know was a man after God's own heart. Meaning his heart's desire was to do God's will out of love. So let's Let's take it further so we go to micah chapter 6 just a few verses with what shall i come before the lord and bow myself before god on high shall i come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the lord be pleased with a thousands with thousands of rams with ten thousands of rivers of oil shall i give him my firstborn for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul He has told you, O man, what is good and what what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So brothers, how many of you are attempting to perform your way into God's good graces? Like compartmentalizing your sin over here on the right, and then worshiping God in a different compartment here on the left. Like, God, I don't want these two to touch. Let me keep them as far away as possible. I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep teaching Bible study. I'm going to keep being an elder at my church. I'm going to keep preaching the word on Sunday mornings, but but I'm going to keep this over here. How m- many of us try to cover up our porn with better works. Like when we do this, we never learn from the heart, the power and the beauty of the gospel. We're constantly trying to save ourselves by obeying some law instead of turning to Christ day after day after day as our only hope of salvation. When we do this, he will birth a heart of true obedience in you. Not all at once, not all at once, but gradually you will begin to say with David, going back to Psalm 40, which is quoted here in Hebrews, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. This is the surrendered heart. Are we perfect? No. It's not about perfection. We never will be but it is about progress. And and God will give you the power to overcome this addiction to pornography. 100%. Are you waiting patiently for the Lord? Are you crying out to the Lord? What steps are you taking? What steps are you taking? Like practical, everyday steps to develop a heart that desires Christ more than it desires pornography. Like one of the things recently that I've been convicted of, I was I was reading um, about uh, where was I reading? I was reading about um, Psalm one nineteen, which is like hundred and seventy something verses. It's the longest chapter in the book of the Bible. But I was just happened to be reading about it, and uh, if you know who Matthew Henry is. He is a commentator, uh, or he wrote a commentary called Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary. It's, I, I can't remember what year it was written. Oh, many, many years ago, so it's a little bit difficult to understand some of it. But the whole point is this, this man loved the Word of God. And so one of the things that his father challenged him as a young man or a young boy to do is to read and meditate and pray through one verse in Psalm 119 per day. A new one every single day, so you can start in verse one, verse two. So day one, day two, and that will take you through the entire chapter twice in a year. And he did this, and and it was responsible for softening his heart and falling in love with God's word so much so that he went on to write a commentary. So I've been convicted, like even though. I'm free from pornography and have been for many years now and, and masturbation guys this is, this is a journey we're still on it like we will never get there we continue like I desperately need my heart to be renewed every single day like david said i waited patiently for the lord he inclined to me and heard my cry What does God hear when he listens to me? Does he hear a heart that's humbled and willing to do his will, like desiring to do his will? This is what it says of Jesus. I have come to do your will. So let's just finish this part of Hebrews and we'll be done. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first law in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So these animal sacrifices never could clear our conscience or remove our sin. Instead, they remind us of our sin and our inability to deal with the penalty of sin, which is death. But they also pointed us to a day when a perfect sacrifice would be made. The lambs, the goats, the bulls, and every other animal was an unwilling participant in these rituals. They were dumb. And they had zero ability to resist. Think about that. Think about that. Every single year that a lamb was sacrificed, it was an unwilling participant. They were, so, two points these sacrifices were not perfect and they were not willing. That's why the act of killing and offering up an animal was not pleasurable. completely acceptable to God. There had to be a perfect sacrifice. And so here we have the Son of God sent by God and perfectly willing and obedient. You know, this got me thinking about um, probably one of the greatest acts of faith we see in the Old Testament was Abraham offering his son Isaac up on the altar. And I just started thinking about Isaac. Like, Isaac had no knowledge of his father's intent as they journeyed for three days to find the place that God told him to go and offer Isaac up. Like Isaac was just like one of these rams or goats to be offered. Genesis 22 says this, and Isaac said to his father Abraham, my father, he said, here I am, son, behold, the fire and the wood But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Like, God didn't need to tie his son up or force him to the cross. This is why he's a better sacrifice than Isaac. God didn't need to beg Jesus. He didn't need to shame him to do it. Jesus was A, perfect, and B, willing. He said, behold, I have come to do your will. And Jesus knew what the will of the Father was. And even in the garden, moments before the wrath of God would be poured out on him on the cross, he said, Father, If it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, your will. And it's by that will, like by that willing sacrifice, that you and I are saved, penalty paid, sins removed, adoption secured, filled with the Holy Spirit, and equipped also to do God's will just like Jesus. So, what is God's will for you? and for me that's the question like what is the purpose hebrews 12:14 gives us a glimpse he says strive for holiness strive for holiness so how should we live how should we live well paul answered that question he said I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is worshiping in spirit and truth. When you and I, when you and I keep going back to pornography, that is just our will versus God's will. We're saying, no, 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 God. I don't want what you have. This is what I want. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. So I'm going to make up all these stories, all these reasons why I'm addicted to pornography. I'm going to make up all these excuses. Well, I'm in a sexless marriage. Well, I'm single. Well, my wife doesn't understand. Well, it's a chemical imbalance. Paul says, brother, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. Like, Look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He was willing and able. He was a perfect sacrifice. And so when he ascended, he sent his spirit to live in me, to write the law of God on my heart so that I would desire to follow him. And I believe everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you're a follower of Christ, you do desire. You do desire to follow him. You do desire to do his will. And so he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That is true worship. Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, God, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not taken pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. This is what our bodies and our lives are for, to be living sacrifices offered freely. We're men who should long and desire to please the Lord and Savior. So, think about that. Like, we want to do God's will. In the Garden of Eden, God had a purpose for Adam and Eve. What did he tell them to do? Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth with image bearers. Like, I want the whole world to be filled with people who represent me, who honor me, who glorify me. And this is what your life is for, this is what my life is for. So what do we give a God who has everything? (laughs) He has everything. He doesn't need your good works. He doesn't need them. What will you give him out of a heart of gratitude for this incredible salvation? Like if you want to please God, if you want to give him honor and glory, then we will do his will. Right? Will do his will. Will desire to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, not to pornography, but to the Lord. So this, I'll tell you, this is a this is powerful motivation when we think about the willing sacrifice of Christ, and when we dwell on the truth, when we think about the truth. So here's what, here's something I would challenge you to do. Like if you want to, if you want to develop a heart that desires to do God's will in in this, in, in the way that Paul's talking about, like be a living sacrifice, I believe one of the things, one of the strategies, one of the tactics that we must use is we have to be serious about knowing God through his word because the more we know God the more we desire God the more we desire God the less we desire other things so even this morning i just i decided to start going through psalm through the psalms and just like praying through the psalms and I know there's plenty of resources out there where you could like literally pray through the Psalms. So I'm thinking if you struggle with pornography, mostly at night, why don't you start setting a timer and saying, hey, at this time, I'm going to pray. I'm going to take one Psalm, one verse, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to take one Psalm, one verse. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to read it over and over and over. I'm going to ask God to implant that deep in my heart. And then we pray, God, give us this desire. So I did that this morning, Psalm 119. One and two, I did two verses. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. So this is saying. Happy and joyful are those, when it says, whose ways are blameless. What does that even mean? It means happy and joyful is the person, is the man who doesn't need to hide. But their way, their life, their behavior, their soul is out in the open and above reproach. Does it mean we're sinless? Absolutely not. Blessed and happy is the man who doesn't have to hide. Blessed is the man who keeps his testimony, who seeks him with their whole heart. Like your heart, your whole heart is instrumental in your freedom from pornography. And you and I must seek God with our entire heart, like our whole heart. So this is my prayer for you. I'm going to close with a prayer because I could keep going, but I'm not going to. God, Lord, we praise you. We magnify you. We want to honor you with our bodies, God. We want to honor you, Lord. We want freedom from pornography. Like, I'm praying for every man who's listening to this. God, you have the power. Your spirit has the power to free every man from pornography, to break the chains that bind him. God, I pray that your word... Would become a source of comfort and joy, welling up into eternal life, God, that we would drink in this living water, that it would refresh us, that it would give us satisfaction that no other source ever will. Like our jobs will never do this. Even our wives will never do this. Accomplishments will never do this. Doesn't matter how many races we win or run or trophies we have or cars we drive or houses we live in god open our eyes up to see the reality the reality that that you are what we need like you can you can do this you can transform us you can change us like as we i pray god that men listening to this would start today to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice that they would offer first, the first part of their body that they would offer is their mind to be transformed by, by your word. Like God, accept our minds as we listen and read your word, as we meditate on your word, as we pray through your word, God, find this acceptable. Transform our minds, transform our hearts, transform our lives. I pray, God, that that a year from now, the men who are listening to this podcast, who are struggling with pornography, I pray that a year from now, they will be unrecognizable to their families, to their co-workers, to their accountability partners, to their church. Unrecognizable. God, you can do it. You've called us to make disciples. We can't make disciples when we're living a life of pornography and hiding and deception. God, give us the courage to walk in the truth, to walk in the light as you are in the light, to confess our sins to one another. Lord, we praise you for the perfect sacrifice of of Jesus Christ, who was a willing sacrifice on our behalf. We praise you for him, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys. That is it for this episode of Porn and the Gospel. If you've enjoyed it, would you leave a review? <laughs> you know, I actually mean to I meant to say this at the beginning, but I would greatly appreciate it. It does help for other people to go on there and see that, hey, people are listening. Like I see how many people are listening, but it's great to have people go on there and um, you know, you can give a five star. If you want to say something, you can. Would love to see that, uh, in Apple iTunes and I will be back with another episode unless I don't come back. And that means I am in Dallas and my journey ended in Dallas on that race course, but Lord willing, I'll be back and I will, uh, I'll be back with you on another episode.